Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. It is a special Easter celebration edition. (laughs) Uh, We love Easter so, so much. It is our high and holy holiday. And so we just had to do something extra special (laughs) this year and every year because we love it so much. So this is what you're going to find in this episode. First, we know that this is such an unexpected Easter. It is so wild that everything is different and not what we thought it was going to be. But what we love as we started talking about that was that's exactly what the first Easter was like. Completely unexpected. The whole story was wildly different than everybody thought it was. So really, we might understand Easter better better this year in this place than than we ever have before in our lives. So we decided as we were talking, let's give five lessons of the unexpected Jesus in that first Easter story that you can kind of just study and think about and relish in as you get ready um, for Easter. And then at the end of this, we are going to talk to you about our Easter celebration, our Easter week traditions that we like to do to like get your home and hearts and family ready just to celebrate and love the season. Because Easter is so much about deliverance, which all of us want right now. And it's so much about hope. And it's so much about coming out of darkness that it's just the perfect time to fill our hearts and our homes with Easter. Just everywhere. And the fun thing is, is all of these things are probably things that you've got around the house, hopefully, or somewhere close by. So you really can just fill your home with um Easter. I love what Christian said. Oh, yeah. So so Christian the other day asked me, he's like, what are we even going to do for Easter this year? And I was like, oh, probably celebrate the resurrection like we normally do. But I know (laughs) what he means. It's like, wait, all of our stuff is backwards and upside down. And I'm not in the mood to celebrate. But what's awesome is that is the mood everybody was in in the first Easter. Mm. And it's the reason we need to celebrate. Right now, our hearts are yearning for celebration to open up and let light in and hope in. And, and just, Jesus. Yeah, and, and just Jesus, Jesus in. in. And just, That's what we want. Yeah, so this is, it's a perfect, it's just neat. It's neat. We're in a place of confusion and unexpectedness. And so we're right in spot to celebrate Easter. And that's where we want to start. We want you to be thinking of the first Easter because we know how it ends, right? We know what the outcome is going to be. So we read it and sometimes there are things we miss um, as being upside down in the story because we already know how they're going to be resolved. And we want you to think about the upside downness. Yeah, which shouldn't be hard because you're in a place of confusion and wonder and like, So if you were to look at that first Easter without knowing what was going to happen in the order of the events, here's what you would have seen. Oh, let's move Um, out of the way. We'll move out of the way so you can see the board. And you would have seen um, Jesus coming too late. Uh, You would have seen him having a donkey instead of a noble steed. Um, You would have seen the mess. You would have seen defeat. You would have heard people saying, he is not here. That's actually how Easter began. 
And what's so interesting is I think we feel all those things right now. Uh, we're in the mess. We feel the defeat of everything that's going on. There might be people who are asking, where is he in all of this? Um, I, I think all of us could easily say we feel like we've been given a donkey yeah. right now. <laughs> that's not what we wanted. We want the noble steed and the answer and the deliverance to come in an easy way where you clearly see victory. And we love what the unexpected Jesus teaches us about hope in times like these. If you'd like any of the verses on here, our take five cards for this Easter week in the newsletter are instead of a, a scripture and a challenge, it's just these um, five scriptures and quotes that go with all of these. And then in the newsletter, we'll also post all this stuff too that we're going to talk about at the end to get you ready. So that's yeah, where you'll find all the things. This might be your favorite part of the quarantine Easter preparation. <laughs> it is at our house for sure. Okay, and so. And those eggs. We. The candy ones. Oh, I forgot their names because I'm. Cadbury? Yeah, maybe I have Corona. Maybe I'm losing eggs? my memory. Okay. Mem I can't even say memory. See? Um, okay, so we're going to start in John 11, everyone. If you want to turn there, um, because the story of Lazarus is actually the beginning of the story of Easter for a lot of reasons. Um, but we're going to tell you the unexpected part of Lazarus' story. Yeah, you are. Oh, I am. Good, because I love I... this story. <laughs> I can if you want. Uh, no, I want to. Although, as you're turning to it, I just noticed something I've never noticed before. And that is, it's the, the characters of the story are Mary and Martha, who are sisters and dear, dear friends of Jesus. In fact, in verse 2, it lets you know before the story and the disappointment lays out that Mary is the one who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. That's whose brother was actually sick. And so what's interesting is the expected story goes like this. Oh, Jesus takes care of his really good friends, um, those who love him and adore him. And it's interesting that this disappointment and tragedy happens to those who are closest to him. And the unexpectedness of it starts right in, um, in verse six, but let's lead up into it. So it tells us in verse four, when Jesus heard um, that he was sick, they say in verse three, his sister sent unto him saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when he heard that, he said, well, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And um, in verse six, it tells us when he had heard therefore that he was sick, he waited two days still in the same place where he was. Which right off the bat, you're like, why? Why didn't why didn't he just come right at the beginning? Why didn't he come when things were hard? Why didn't he come when he was sick? Why did he let him go through the sickness? Hmm. Why didn't he remove that from him? But it's so interesting because he, he tells us in verse 4, it's because the glory of God. Um, that's what we're watching for in this story. And so he waits and eventually um, he says to them in verse 14, Lazarus is dead. And so he decides to go and they all start going there and, and everybody sees that he's coming. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus, Jesus was coming in verse 20, went and met him. Mary stayed in the house, and the first thing Martha says to Jesus is, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Um, that is the very first thing that she says. And it's interesting because when Mary comes, 
she says the same thing in verse 32. Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. And in essence, what they were saying is, it's too late now. You waited too long. You let us suffer in this place for too long, and this can't be remedied. This can't be fixed. Um, what's going to be unexpected is that part of the waiting was for Jesus to teach them the magnitude of the miracle that was about to take place. And there was learning that needed to come within the waiting that couldn't come in any other way. We love um, that as Jesus enters into this situation and prays to the Father, and then in verse 43, when he had thus spoken, um, he cries with a loud voice. And I love that he's just crying into this tomb, right? Into this dark place, into the darkness. And how many of us have been in that place? How many of us know that darkness? And I love that he doesn't just whisper in there, mm. that he calls with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, right? Come out of the darkness. Come out of that place where you are bound and what is holding you in and what is constraining you. Come out of that place. And, and he loses him. And from everything that binds him, and he lets him go from that place. And what we love about this, what is unexpected about this story is when you think it's too late, remember, from darkness, there will be light. And how I love what you talked about, the magnitude of that miracle, that light really does shine forth brighter in dark places. So maybe that's you know, I don't know if God's allowing this. I mean, obviously he is. He's the one who waited, you know, mm -hmm. but you're just like, it's neat that ha that happens. I love this line too, where it says 44, and he that was dead came forth. Hmm. Where it's just like, it wasn't too late. Nothing is too late for yes. him. Oh, oh and maybe so this Easter, we need to hear him say to us, come forth. Okay, this next one, we love this. Mm -hmm. It's the triumphal entry. This would happen the Sunday before Easter the Resurrection Sunday, and you can find it all over, but Matthew 21 is one of the spots that you can find it. And it tells the story, just starting in verse 1, where he goes and he has his disciples go get him this donkey um, to ride in. This is the triumphal entry. This is when he's coming in. Um, he is not like keeping the miracle secret anymore. He's not playing, you know, little word games with the Pharisees anymore. He is riding in as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, you know, just like I'm, I am the Messiah that was promised. But he rides in on a donkey. And remember, everybody's been looking for someone to come in and lead us against Rome and defeat all of our enemies. And can you imagine what the disciples first thought when they were just like, why, why should we go get a, a donkey for you to ride in on? Why get a big white horse with a fancy gilded saddle and a whip? And a cape and, <laughs> and all of yeah, and all the things that yeah, come. Deliverance comes with a sword. A parade, right in with a parade like Aladdin did, you know, into the city. And he comes in on this on this donkey. And and it, it just was so unexpected for people. They're just like, this is not what you should be doing right now. We did, this is not a time for meekness. It's not a time for gentleness. We are being crushed by an enemy right now. We have been crushed for too long. It's time to set us free. And he rides in in this gentle, unexpected, humble, meek way 
to teach, oh, my, my deliverance looks a little bit different than you were expected. And he comes in and, and people still are able to recognize him for who he is. And they cut down palm branches, some who can see him for who he is. And they shout Hosanna and they wave those, even though they, they some are still confused. Why, who is this? Why is he on a donkey? And others are like, he's just delivering in, in a different way. And, and he rides into the temple and he cleans it out and invites in all who are sick and afflicted and downtrodden. And he still does his work and he still delivers. And we love the lesson from this one is that when you're given a donkey instead of a noble steed, um, he will still give you reason to rejoice and, and shout Hosanna. Oh, it's so good. And I love in verse 10 of that when it says, when he came into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. And they said... Who is this? And we love that thought about sometimes when things are unexpected is when it causes you to, to say, who is Jesus in this situation? Like what, what will he look like in this situation for us? And we love that. Um, the next thing that happens that is unexpected and there, and there are several more things, but we just, we picked our highlight ones, um, happens at the last supper. And you remember this one. He comes in, um, that it's all been prepared. And after supper has ended, he rises from supper and he lays aside his garments and he takes a towel and he girds himself. And then it tells us in um, chapter 13 of John verse um, 5, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. And then you remember Peter comes and he says to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And it's such an interesting question. And, and the unexpectedness of this event actually is in that question because the Lord would have been the master of that supper. And someone's feet was the dirtiest part of them in that moment. And so the Lord of the feast would not generally get into the mess. A servant would do that. He would get there. You think about He'd minister another way, yes. right? Setting the table, or giving the, the, food, the speech. Or, and, yeah. yeah. He's not going to clean people's feet, especially because they walked around in bare feet, in sandals, in dust. So it's the dirtiest part of their body is that. And he just enters into the mess of that. And in fact, he doesn't just enter in, but he actually ministers in the mess. And it's so unexpected that Peter can't figure out why is this happening like this? Why would you do this? And um, Jesus says to him, what I'm doing, you don't know now, but you will know hereafter. And then Peter said unto him, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus answered, if I wash thee not, you have no part with me. And then Simon said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head, right? Then that minister to all of me, right? All of the mess yeah. that is me. Um, I'm going to let you in, in everywhere. And it's so vulnerable in that moment. But I love the thought of that, that Peter was like, I don't, I don't want you to come into my mess. That's almost what he was saying. Let, let somebody else do that. I don't want you to do that. And the fact that Jesus was like, let me show you what you might find unexpected. And it's that your mess doesn't scare me. Like this, I am going to meet you in the mess and I'm going to minister to you 
there. Yeah, it's, that's it's, what I do. it's where he does his best work, in fact. And a lot of us might be thinking right now, like, my whole schedule's a mess. I'm failing at all the things. Like, I, I don't have room for him to come in right now because everything isn't neat and tidy and, and put together. And it's like, oh, that's exactly where he shines and where he wants to be mm. is ministering in that place. And it's fun to see all those who are ministering in this mess yes. in all their different ways. Yep. In unexpected ways, ways that you never thought you could minister. Mm -hmm. People are finding a way to, and there's so much Jesus in that, which is so sweet. Um, The next one we want to do is on the cross. Um, And you can, the story we picked is in John 19, where he's on the cross, starting in in verse 13 and and moving through. And just imagine for just a second, the crucifixion was um, the worst in in lowest form. It was reserved for, to humiliate and, and just... Uh, crush people morally and physically and spiritually and emotionally. It just was the ultimate defeat of your worst traitors and your worst enemies. And here was this man they looked to as the Messiah, as the king, as the one who would bring deliverance. And there he was, like Rome beat him. He was supposed to beat Rome and, and instead he lost and as they sat there at the foot of the cross, can you imagine them looking up and and they would have just thought, it's it's over. Like we this is not how it was supposed to happen. I, I can't believe that this is even even going on. Um, but what they couldn't see is that was actually his victory. He wasn't defeating Rome, he was defeating a much bigger enemy and and was doing it in a way that was totally unexpected for all of them. And and we love that if you were to take a picture of the crucifixion and say, label this painting, you would probably label that painting defeat. When in reality, um, we should be labeling that picture victory. Here's a picture of victory. It's actually when he was crowned king of kings. It's the only time a crown is put on his head is on the cross. So in this, the unexpected thing is what you view as defeat can actually become a victory. And just imagine the places where you feel defeated and think for yourself, but what victories is is God working through right now? Like, what is he teaching you? What are you becoming? Like, all of those victories are happening in places that you originally thought were defeat. Oh, I love that one so much. Um, the last one we pick is actually the day um, that he is going to rise from the dead. But remember, they don't know that's going to happen. And so those women all go to the tomb. And when they get there and they look in, their first thought is, he's not here. Um, and how many times, I mean, you think about where they're coming from. They What they see is defeat on the cross. And then they have three days of mourning And then they go back into there with heavy hearts and trying to um, figure out like what is even happening right now? And and what does this have to do with everything that we've been taught? And remember the fishermen, the disciples are all eventually going to go back fishing. They just, they can't put together the pieces. There's too many pieces for them to be able to figure out. And you love when they get there and it's, I'm in Matthew 28 verse 6. And the angel says, well, in verse five, fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. I know why you're here. I know what you've come for. And then he says to them, he is not here, which probably was so disappointing and 
um, confusing for them. And then the angel says... In, in a lower blow. You yes. know, where it's like, all this has happened, and now someone stole his body on yeah. top of all yeah. that. Let us... Leave us alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. And then you love that the angel says, for he is risen as he said. Um, remember, this was supposed to happen. He already knew this was going to happen. There is a plan in this place. And then he says to them, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee and there you will see him as I have told you. And there is such a great lesson in this because in essence, what he's saying to them is you're not going to find him here. He is not here. And then he tells them, go quickly because He went before you and it's you moving forward that is actually going to allow you to see him. And the same is true for us. We might be in a place of fear or doubt um, or a place where we we can't see how things are going to work out moving forward. And we love the unexpected lesson that we learn here, which is if it seems he is not here, move forward because you will see him there. Sometimes he prepares the way before, and that's what he's doing. And um, we go quickly. We move forward. We just keep going. And that's where we're going to see him preparing the way before us as we go. We love the thought of these unexpected lessons that when we think it's um, too late, we have to remember that from darkness, light will come. And when we feel like we've been given a donkey instead of that noble steed, there is still reason to rejoice and that he can minister in the mess. And um, what we view as defeat will become his victory in the end. And if you feel like you can't see him, then just move forward because you're going to see him there. He will go before you. He will prepare the way out of this for all of us. We know he will. Yeah, as he, as he said, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the promise is hope. The promise is victory the promise is like overcoming the promise is becoming in in all of this yeah. and so and deliverance and deliverance and you passover know? and all the things we know about him and, and i think we go back to the very beginning back to that place where people um watched the unexpected happening and then said who is this um who is this that you are rejoicing in who is this that is bringing hope who is the reason for your rejoicing? And that's what Easter should be for us this year. And so as we enter in to this upcoming week, we want to invite you to just dive into Easter. Just let it fill up your home and your hearts. And we are going to... Hope, gonna, peace, light, and Jesus. Like oh, just let all, all those, those things. things be Easter. Um, we are going to partner with LDS Living. And this is such a fun time to do it because we're all inside. Um, every day leading up to Easter for the week before Easter, we will do a five minute video. Um, and we're going to talk about each of the people in the Easter story and their experience and the lesson they learned individually. And then there will be a tradition that goes with each one. And in some cases, a decoration that will actually fill up your home. So if you want to be gathering materials, so you will be ready to start, let's just walk you through. I'm going to come over here. Okay, I good hope job. you can still see me. Um, um, we created... You can't. You... Oh, there you go. You're I'm kind of peeking in. <laughs> okay. Just I'll be a quiet voice in the background. Um, last year, we created this Easter nativity that we love so much, everybody. Um, 
we had the opportunity to do this and then Desert Book wanted to make it easier for us to help get this out into more homes this year. And so they're carrying it for us. It's at Desert Book. They will bring it to your car or you can order it online. It will just be delivered straight to you. But these are each of the people we're gonna talk about. So there's gonna be Simon who carried the cross. Do you wanna just see these clothes? Yes, they're so you awesome. Do. And there's gonna be the um, people with the palm leaves shouting Hosanna. And there's gonna be Thomas, Thomas who Thomas. we love. And Jesus, of course. And then um, I got two Thomases by accident. Surprise. <laughs> I wondered why the there was so many people. The story is so good. <laughs> There's two Thomases, everyone. There's only one, really. Um, Mary Magdalene, who uh -huh. we love. And then this is Joseph and Nicodemus. You are going to love their stories. Now, for each of and these Jesus. stories. Don't forget Jesus and at Jesus. the empty tomb. For each of these stories, there is going to be a tradition. So, Shall I tell you this? Right now in my house, Caleb put... Like this. Like <laughs> and he Jesus doesn't get to come out until Easter. Yeah, he's like behind <laughs> the tomb. <laughs> um, so for each of the people, what you're going to need is we're going to teach you how to decorate red eggs for Mary Magdalene's story. You are going to love this story so much. Um, and you'll just need yellow onion skins. And eggs. And eggs. That's it. That's all you'll need. Um, for Simon who carried the cross, you're going to need a piece of jute. So just any jute or yarn or whatever you've got is going to work. Perfect. Um, for... Thomas, you'll need... Oh, you oh, want yeah. an order? For no, we don't have to okay. go in order. For Thomas, you need the... Easter lily. Yep. Right? Yeah. yeah because he's the apostle of hope. Yeah. And that's what the Easter lily symbolizes. You also want to get um, wheatgrass. We love planting wheatgrass. You can't. I'm sorry. You, everyone, There's I no should have told right you now? this before. You can't get bulk food. So you can't have wheatgrass. If you grass, already you have it at your house, you're lucky. <laughs> I should have told you that beforehand. Then you're going to need pieces of paper for the um, disciples on the road to Emmaus. You're going to write your favorite scriptures and hang them somewhere. And then there's going to be one. Oh, we forgot to say about this. Yeah. At the very beginning, you're going to want to get some branches off the trees in front of your house. Happily, and these are not on back order. No, they're because not. Because the trees don't know about the quarantine. So you can just go cut them get down. some branches Try from the tree. Try and take your own and not your neighbor's. Greg, last night when I brought these in, was like, where did you get those? Did you cut down the peach trees? <laughs> no, Greg, I did not. I cut them down on the tree over there. Uh, it was my own tree. And then you're going to need eggs that you can open up and put your testimony in. Okay, so we will give you a list. But papers, eggs, onion skins. I hope you can find onions at the store. Jute. Um, uh, lilies, if you can find some. Otherwise, just any white flower. You'll be so happy. Trees from your own house. Eggs that you can open up and put a piece of paper in. That's everything. Yeah. So we wrote a cute little children's book that goes along with it. And Emily has a, a mom book version of it. But you don't need the books to do it. Just if you have it already or want to, we're going to We're going to walk you through it. Walk you through the whole thing and tell all the stories on the LDS Living um, videos. And we'll we give you the link for that. So you'll be able to easy find it. We'll link you through our Instagram um, and also in the newsletter. So they're just super easy to find. And what we hope is that this Easter is one of your fondest, that you will find the unexpected Jesus, um, that your homes will just fill with the decorations that represent the resurrection. But that's yeah. where our focus will be is on that deliverance and that hope and just on Jesus, just inviting Jesus into yeah. where we are. It's so interesting that the Lent season like tries to teach you to like give something up and to sacrifice mm -hmm. and to change your life. And even if you didn't participate in Lent, you kind of did. <laughs> like the world made you participate in it. And it just put your heart in this place that it is just 
bursting to celebrate and that is just going to be brilliant. Hopefully this is a, a feeling we can have every year at Easter time. Yeah, it's going to be an Easter to be remembered for yeah. sure. Okay, Jane. we hope you love it. Happy Easter. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.